I don't know if you struggle with this, but most leaders that I talk to struggle to know exactly what I should do that day. This is a little bit ironic because we have a lot on our calendars, but realistically, we have too much on our calendars. Some days, you know, you wake up and you get out of bed and you're feeling that anxiety in your chest. I can't do it all. And guess what? You can't. You have too much on your agendas, too much on your lists, and it gets all so overwhelming. So we spent about a year to create a tool that is working. I use it every day. Our team uses it. People going through coaching and just people across the country who want to get more organized, more clarified, and ultimately less overwhelmed are using the Right Side Up Journal. We took a year to make sure that we could create this tool. And let me say, guys, it works. 10 minutes every single morning helps you to lead right side up in this upside down world. 30 minutes each week helps you look back at your past week, look ahead at the next week. People are saying things like, I'm actually getting ahead. I feel like I'm proactive instead of reactive each week. Instead of spinning out and getting overwhelmed and exhausted, I'm more calculated. I'm actually getting more done. I have time now for my new podcast, for my new blog, for writing my book. If you are called to a lot of things, Please, please, please don't spin out of control. Don't get overwhelmed this fall. Dial it back in. Focus on your schedule. And we believe in just 10 minutes a day and 30 minutes a week, you can dial that back in with the Right Side Up Journal. Get healthy, get productive, and ultimately do what God's called you to do. You can head on over to rightsideupjournal.com. That's rightsideupjournal.com. No dashes, one word. And go ahead and get your copy of the Right Side Up Journal. It's a three-month journey, and oh yeah, it includes a private Facebook community with other kingdom leaders who want to get healthy, stay healthy. You can ask your questions in there. You can learn from other people. Other people can learn from you, and you can learn how to use this tool that we are really proud about. Don't miss out, guys. Now is the time in the fall to grab your copy of the Right Side Up Journal. This is a three-month journey toward health and impact. Please, please, please don't get overwhelmed this fall. Get organized, get healthy so you can stay healthy and lead the life God has designed you to lead. Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. We've got another special episode for you today. And normally, our content producer at Stay Forth, who's also our podcast producer, Jonathan Collier, is behind the scenes, but today we are bringing him out on the episode for some of his recent favorites. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast, man. Man, I am glad to be here. I love editing the episodes, and I've loved the chance to kind of actually come on and and take part on the opposite side of the, the uh, curtain, so to speak. Well, you are so gifted, and you serve our team so well, and so I just want everybody listening uh, to hear this, it takes a team to produce all of our content at Stay Forth Designs over on our website and our field notes, which has become a phenomenal resource for leaders. And anything that we produce that's digital at Stay Forth, which includes this podcast, uh, goes through you. So, Jonathan, thank you for the way that you serve. You use their, your gifts, and uh, you also are a church planter. And so you're doing valuable work there uh, on the ground. And, guys, we value team. At Stay Fort Designs, we have an incredible team, and we meet together digitally. We are decentralized, and Jonathan and I get to see each other a couple times a year. We get to dream and scheme, but we are together each week, and we want to continue to help leaders get healthy and reach more impact. 
And, you know, we all play a different role in that. And so as you're listening to this, you may play a role that you feel like is insignificant. And I want to remind you, it is not. You may not be the main stage person. You may not be producing all of the content. You may not be speaking every week. You may not be the one that's writing the emails, that's casting the vision, that's building the strategy on the whiteboard, but what you do matters. And we have an incredible team here at Stay Forth. So don't think that it's just David and I. Don't think that it's me that is just leading a new initiative or casting vision, although you may see my mug on the front of the video. We have an amazing team. We also have an operations director, Eric, that works alongside of Jonathan and I to produce all of these things. One of the things that you need to know about is that we offer group coaching. Now, what is group coaching? It is a cohort. It's a group of people that comes together around a particular topic, and there are three pain points we've identified. Right now, leaders need to get and stay healthy. We need to get and stay healthy. It has been a crazy season, and we need to find rhythms that are sustainable. There's no better time than the fall. The second thing is we need resources on racial reconciliation. Racial reconciliation in the kingdom is different from that in the empire. We're not just shouting at each other. We are not just holding signs. We are not just calling for advocacy, and those things are amazing. We are brothers and sisters who have been reconciled in Christ, and we need to figure out what that means. And the third pain point that we've identified is the balance or the rhythm between our job and our ministry. For many of us, that is not one and the same. And some of you are figuring out, how do I do all of that in addition to my family, in addition to life-giving friendships? And so we have a particular heart for bivocational leaders. So we have three cohorts this fall, the Healthy Leaders cohort that will help you get healthy and reach more impact. We have the Racial Reconciliation in the Kingdom cohort, which I am co-leading and co-hosting with our friend and an expert in cultural capacity, Melinda Joy Mingo, also an author of a book coming out this fall called The Colors of Culture. That's going to be phenomenal. And the last one is a bivocational leaders cohort. Whether you are a male or female, if you are a leader of any kind, if you have influence and you are breathing, you are a leader, you are invited. But guys, we have limited slots. These slots are going to go quickly. So head on over to stayforth.com and you'll see the invitation into the cohorts. Click on those and I highly encourage you to sign up before it is too late. We're really, really excited for that. Now for today's episode, this is the third of three episodes talking about our highlights, our recent favorites. And Jonathan, this must have been hard for you to choose just a few. It was. And I love, I mean, I know we say it behind the scenes a lot is that I'm biased towards our podcast. I think that our conversations are the best conversations out there and that our podcast is the best podcast out there. So this was truly difficult and it took a lot of work to narrow this down to just five. It's it's so funny because people ask me all the time, like, hey, you listen to any podcasts? And then the question always comes up, what's your favorite podcast? And I got to say ours. I mean, I love it. I don't think it's prideful to say. I just... I love the conversations we have. They're crucial. Our guests are incredible. So this is hard to choose, I understand. But David chose his five. I chose my five in the last few episodes. Go back and listen to those. And I feel like you probably have some solid choices here. So without further ado, what is your first pick? First up is Jake Kim with episode 99, Talking Screens. He came on the podcast and talked about a book he wrote called Analog Church. 
and his passion for technology and the digital space, but how we can tend to overuse technology. And there's a bit of a gap between our ecclesiology and technology. So I'm passionate about that. You know that about me. And so I just hope you guys enjoy this episode and this particular clip from episode 99 with Jay Kim. Yeah, I want to be clear. You know, I I don't think technology itself is the problem. And I I know that 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 might sound, um, you know, confusing based on the title and the subtitle of the book. Uh, I, I don't you know, I think technology for the most part, the technology at the base level is neutral, you know, like most things, not all things, but like most things. Uh, the problem isn't with the technology itself. I think the problem is the ways in which we as human beings leaning into our tendency for sort of, um, you know, often thoughtless, careless, reckless indulgence, uh, just use the stuff that offers good into our lives. And we use it um, in ways that it was never intended to be used. Now, I will say, and I do get into this a little bit in the book, as as technology has sort of grown and increased, digital technologies in particular, uh, I do think there is a danger even at the design level, right? Because it has to do with the commodification of our attention, which leads to the commodification essentially of our affections, which then leads to just basically our blind allegiance to these things. So uh, I'm not saying like in some ways the design mechanisms of, of digital technologies are neutral. They're, they're not. They're certainly in intentionality behind the way so many of these technologies are designed but technology as a whole is not evil or bad you know it's just that we often misuse technology and this has been happening throughout human history not just with digital but certainly with digital it's sort of increased so that's what i would say i think the problem you know the thing we have to um, become aware of and, and 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 be very cognizant of and and respond to is not like technology itself, you know, in the book, I'm not arguing for everyone to become a Luddite or go Amish or something, you know, um, I think technology put in its rightful place, uh, has a lot of helpful sort of benefits, you know, to human experience. Um, what I'm arguing for is a more thoughtful engagement with the technologies that we use to ask the questions, Hey, if I push these technologies beyond these certain limits, what is it doing to me? And what is it, what is it doing to to us, what's it doing to our community and specifically what's it doing to the way we understand what it means to be the church, you know, the people of God. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the dangers are inherent within technology itself. I think the danger is actually with us, you know, like you said, you quoted the book, our sort of reckless pursuit of relevance at all costs. I think that's the danger. Um, and we, when we do that, we lose sight of the gift, uh, that the church has always, um, been poised to offer the world which isn't relevance necessarily, but but I would say transcendence, you know, something that's totally other from everything else that people know and experience in life. I love this conversation with Jay, and I found it so ironic and maybe even prophetic that he has this book called Analog Church that comes out in the midst and the heat of COVID and this change over to digital. So I don't think any of us would argue that all of life is supposed to be on digital. I mean, I don't really want to go go play golf with you, Jonathan, digitally. I mean, I love to get together in person. And you and I, Jonathan, run high-touch marketing. And so we literally want to take marketing and make it as high-touch as possible. We're writing notes. We're sending videos. 
when maybe the least is expected. So I do believe there's this great hybrid and it's just a very discerning look on both those, which I deeply appreciated. So Jonathan, give us your second pick. Next up is episode 76, going back a little bit further with Kirby Minnick. I love this entire episode. I love what she's doing. She's the epitome of someone who I feel is using the digital space to infuse the gospel into, you know, into her network. And I love that she hits the description of what an influencer is, and it's anyone that's breathing. If you're listening to this right now, you have influence, whether you have five people on your friends list or 5,000 people on your friends list. So with that, please sit down and listen to this this clip from Kirby Minnick from episode 76, Talking Influence. Whenever people ask me what I do, social media influencer is the first thing that I say, but I always, I always pair it with, but I also am in ministry. I'm a social media influencer for, for Jesus. Uh, and that term influencer, uh, it's not just a blue check like many people think. Uh, and I think that's where our mind typically goes to whenever you hear the term influencer. It's someone on social media with a bunch of followers. Um, But I really believe that it's more than that um, because there is a responsibility and a stewardship with influence that comes with influence. Uh, Because you could be a good influencer, you could be a bad influencer, but what really matters is the impact that you're leaving behind. And so Whenever I explain or encourage people in how to influence for the gospel or how to utilize their platforms, I always tell them, look, like, yes, there there is audience and there is numbers and there's all of those things, but influence isn't measured by, you know, decimals or um, or commas or the amount of zeros you have behind or the K that you have next to your followers, your follower account or anything like that. No, no, no. It's It's about the one. And I think God has been able to humble me in my influence. And I believe that's why he's blessed me with influence. Um, and I'm speaking from a place of humility, truly, because this is this is God's ministry. This is God's platform. Uh, and I'm just I'm just the vessel. Uh, but uh, I know it's about the one. And when you don't focus on the number, when you don't focus on just the the like or the this or the that, but you understand that there's another individual on the other side of this that is receiving this information, more importantly, receiving life-giving information and being transformed by that, by the gospel, that changes how you influence. That's that's what gives you um, the, the inspiration and the push and the drive to be a good leader, to be more equipped for yourself in the word and in your studies and in your teaching. And I say to anyone out there who wants to know what an influencer is, it's someone who is able to to impact. And we all have that ability, whether it's our cousin, our spouse, a family member, someone at work or on social media, um, more importantly, or more prevalently, whoa, (laughs) more prevalently on social media. um, We have the power to impact people that that we don't even get to meet or see. Uh, So if, if you're looking to influence on social media, it's not about the numbers, it's about the one. And when you focus and channel in on that, I mean, that's that's where we're going to see the gospel at work, truly. Yeah, this was a fun one uh, for me. This is just an entrance into a different world. Some people are saying, what? You can be like a digital online presence for Jesus? You can have a digital ministry? Many people do. We had Rashawn Copeland come on the podcast, and he sees himself as a missionary to the digital space. He's doing phenomenal things. And so if that's something that's new to you, I just want to encourage you, 
There are many who are having influence and making a big difference in the digital space. We need people leading right there, especially people of discernment right now in these crazy days. All right. Pick number three, Jonathan, what do you got? Number three is actually a, a homegrown episode. It's you and David um, back on episode 76 talking identity. And I feel like that's really important now in the time where the things are so ambiguous and upended and so different, we can find ourselves at seeming to place our identity in things and we can lose sight of the fact that our identity is rooted in whose we are, who bought us and who, you know, who died for us instead of the things that we do. And so this really hit home. The entire episode's great, but I really hope that you enjoyed this clip from Alan and David talking identity. Well, one, I've been preaching a sermon series. We just finished it through Galatians. And this topic keeps coming up over and over and over again. But then the topics that we're talking about on the podcast, I feel like almost all, and people can push back on this if they want, but almost all of them stem from this idea. It's, it all stems back to identity. Agreed. Of who we are. And hundred percent. Yeah. It's the thing below the thing of everything we're talking about. So we can't get very far away from it. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I just kept kind of circling these ideas in my head and, um, you know, how do we attack the deeper issue? How do we get to the thing below the thing? And so that's what I wanted to talk about on this episode. And particularly there's five categories of identity lies that we buy into that, that I, kind of took from Henry Nouwen. I don't know exactly where it's from. I think it's from a message that he gave, but it's five lies of identity. And we're going to go through those one by one, but here are the five to kind of give you an idea of where we're going. Five lies of identity are, I am what I have, which is prevalent in, you know, a consumeristic culture like ours. Two, I am what I do, huge for leaders or entrepreneurs or business leaders. I am what others say or think about me comparison, culture, social media. I am nothing more than my worst moment. Or lastly, I am nothing less than my best moment. And all of these are lies that either we're whispering to ourselves internally, um, this kind of internal dialogue, or others or culture or the world or or Satan is is whispering this into our ear to, um, to buy into these different lies about who we are. And I think it's it's a discipline or a practice to root yourself in your true identity over and over and over again. Um, I know I need reminders all the time or I start kind of going after things to define me that aren't true and it never ends well. I don't know about you, but when I start moving towards um, these external things to define me, uh, it never ends well. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about this episode. That's where we're headed. Um, and the first lie that we want to unpack is I am what I have, which man, you can't go five seconds without, you know, an advertisement, um, telling you that you need something to be happy, to be fulfilled, to find satisfaction. A lot of our goals can be around achieving, you know, a certain level of financial, security and success in order to have something, that dream house or that dream car or enough stuff to feel comfortable and secure. Um, It can be what gets our head off of the pillow in the morning is getting after certain things that we want. And it begins to define us and our identity becomes rooted in that. 
And so, Alan, where where do you see that in culture at large or maybe in your life or leaders' lives more specifically? Yeah, I want you guys to know that we are practitioners and a lot of parts of COVID kicked my butt. And our team talks about these kind of things. There are times on a Monday morning where we may be meeting together as a team and we're tearing up because things have been hard and this has been a challenging season. So we don't talk from the other side of the mic like we have it all taken care of. We get to coach leaders with a ton of our week, which we are grateful for. We get to influence you guys through this as you're driving, as you're doing dishes, as you're doing life with your families. And yet we want to live out these same uh, disciplines and doctrines that we're talking about, the same principles of health, guys, we are trying to live out. And so we always want to tell the truth. That's been really helpful for me in this season is to tell the truth, not just what people see on social media, not just people saying, oh, you guys are killing it. You're doing some cool things, but to have people in your life, you can actually do a heart check with. And that's our goal. As great as this podcast is, as great as books are, as great even as coaching is, we need friends in our lives, who we can tell the truth to, the actual truth, what's actually going on. So that that was David and I's heart in this episode. All right, Jonathan, number four, what do you got? Uh, we're going to go back recently to episode 120 with Todd Bolsinger talking adaptive leadership and leadership skills. And this one really resonated with me from looking at our team. Um, we have helped people navigate the complexities of this season while navigating those same complexities. And, and, we've realized that you have to be adaptable and the things that got us up to say March, were not going to carry us through March if we wanted to navigate well, lead well and come through the other side. So this episode with Todd Bolsinger and specifically this clip when he's talking adaptive leadership principles, I thought was pure gold. One of my principles about that comes out of adaptive leadership, adaptive leadership is built on learning and it's built on facing loss. And those two things lead us to do experimentation. Yeah. So one of my principles about adaptive lead, uh, from adaptive leadership is you don't predict, you prototype. Tell me more. You don't it. start trying to, well, you don't start trying to figure out what, what's going to be like a year from now. You ask yourself the question, so what's the experiment we can do for tomorrow about, based on what we learned today? What's the thing we should be trying? What is the prototype, right? Minimum viable product in entrepreneurial language. What's the safe, modest, aligned experiment? And aligned is really important. Here's our values as an institution or organization. We're not going to try to be something we're not. So Meriwether Lewis and William Clark, they were explorers. They didn't find a, there was no water route, but they were going to discover a whole new world. And so they were, and they went to their deepest value as men of the enlightenment and their values where they believed that the growth of human knowledge would lead to the growth of human happiness. So they said, okay, well, we don't know it's tomorrow, but what we know is we're going to keep going. We're going to proceed on. That's what Meriwether Lewis wrote in his journal. We proceeded on and we're going to learn as we go. So don't try to predict the future. Prototype, do experiments, learn from them, acknowledge what didn't work, be honest about that, do the next experiment and keep experimenting your way forward. And that's the way we get to the new future, right? Is by experimenting our way forward. And so I spent a lot of my time with people who are trying to, if we could just figure out predicting six months, when are we going to open? When will we have full gatherings? When can we come back face to face? That, uh, that's not the questions we should be dealing with. We should say, what can we prototype with today that will make today better and will move us forward? As we keep moving forward, we're going to learn as we go. Oh man, such a good conversation 
with Todd. I believe his message is really written for this moment of chaos. He has an incredible book called Canoeing the Mountains. And we're talking about his ebook uh, about leading in a time of pandemic. You're going to hear the word resilience a lot in this next season. What got you here is not going to get you there. We are not looking for strong leaders right now. People are looking for grounded leaders, resilient leaders, whole leaders, and that has shifted in a huge way, even since the beginning of 2020. We want to invite you into a really special opportunity. Our team has been planning, but really we've been listening. And what we have been listening to, coaching clients, friends of ours, online conversations on our Stay Forth social media, we are listening to leaders saying, this is really hard. This is challenging. And the fall each year is challenging enough. Guys, we are heading into election season. We are tired already, and we have the steep climb of the fall. And so our team, as we thought through this, we prayed through this, we said we need to have a pause moment in early October where leaders can just learn, a chance to be human and just take in more content. And ideally, this information turns into transformation, not just in you, but in your team. And our response to this is to launch the Healthy Leaders Summit. The Healthy Leaders Summit is sponsored by Compassion International, and we are so excited to team up. They care for the heart and soul of leaders like you and leaders like us. And so we are hosting the Healthy Leaders Summit October 5th through the 8th to give you a chance to pause, to learn, to reevaluate how you're leading, to find some new rhythms for health and leadership, and anything related to health we're going to talk about from priorities to time to racial reconciliation to our friendships to margin, to all the things that may be grinding you down right now. Please, please, please don't just stop yourself, but take an opportunity to stop with your team. You can watch this in living rooms or boardrooms. We don't care if you're together or separate. We don't care if you're all dressed up together and watching this or you are at home in your yoga pants processing all this. Do not miss the Healthy Leaders Summit. So you can go on over to healthyleaderssummit.com. That's healthyleaderssummit.com. Go ahead and RSVP. When you RSVP, you have a chance to win the Right Side Up Journal and an all-access pass. All the content recorded from that whole time that you will get for free. And each person that does the Early Bird RSVP, that's this week. Go ahead and do that now. Gets a download, our most popular, most favorite tool that we have internally and externally that people love. You will get a free download of that. So go ahead and do that. Guys, do not miss out. You will be more tired than you are right now in the middle of fall, and we desperately want to help. All right. You got one more pick, Jonathan. Number five, what is your last highlight? Number five, this is probably the most personal episode of all of our episodes so far. Um, I think she is a voice that needs to be heard, not only in this season, but, you know, all the time. And that's episode 112 with your conversation with Michelle Cachette. Uh, She's someone who has navigated loss and grief and still was able to lead others through loss and grief and challenges. And you know me, this has been a personal season for me. I've navigated a lot of loss and grief. We all have on many different levels. And it's hard to do that. And you can find yourself getting angry and jaded and and lost. And so this clip with Michelle from episode 120, from episode 112 is so meaningful and so powerful. So I hope you guys really sit with it and enjoy the clip and then go back and listen to the entire episode. Well, I think you make a really good point. All of us during this current crisis, this this global pandemic, we've all lost 
uh, a measure of our innocence, right? We had life, there was a status quo before March when life was, even if we had some challenges, it, it looked a certain way. And then the global pandemic happened and everything was turned upside down on its head. And now when we try, you and I, when we try to even look at the future, imagine the future, we don't even know how to imagine it because everything has so changed. And that's a significant loss. I think that's what surprised so many of us is that, um, at least for me, I've done a lot of work in my own emotional health as a leader, as a woman. I spend, I have had the same therapist for about 15 years. So I take my emotional growth and health very seriously. And yet over the last three months, I have found myself having uh, traumatic responses, mood swings, um, irrational moments where I'm reacting to something that seems out of characteristic or out of character for the context of the situation. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? And that was the question I kept going back to. What is wrong with me? Why am I acting this way? And then it occurred to me, there's nothing wrong with you. You are responding to a significant traumatic event. This global pandemic has changed everything for everyone. And that needs to be acknowledged. Our brains are wired up. This is what's so interesting, Alan. Our brains are wired up like a smoke detector, okay? Our brains are wired up to see and identify danger, to alert us of the danger so we can avoid it. And what happens is, is when we go through something traumatic like this and we don't stop to acknowledge it, the smoke detector continues to go off. You know, you know what happens. 2 a.m., all of a sudden, the smoke, the battery starts to go dead in the smoke detector upstairs, and it wakes you up from a dead sleep, and you try to ignore it, right? You try to pretend like you don't hear it and go back to sleep. Yep. And yep. the truth is, it will not stop beeping until you do something about it. You have to pay attention to it. And when you and I as leaders try to put on a brave front to try to present ourselves as being strong and hopeful all the time and always together, our own brains are going to continue to sound the alarm until we pay attention to them. And we end up seeing that in ways that our leadership starts to crumble a little bit. We react in ways that we know better. We know we shouldn't react in certain, we overreact or we underreact. In other words, our brain is so busy trying to let us know that it senses danger and we're so busy ignoring it that there's a disconnect between us and our executive function. Jonathan, killer picks, man. Seriously, guys, it is so hard to choose just 15 of these clips, but a couple things. Jonathan, again, thank you for all the work you do behind the scenes so that each person here can get access to this information that is life-changing. I get emails from people saying, you have no idea how this podcast episode hit me right when we needed to. So we believe that God is in this. Guys, we continue to get more listenership each month. And that's because you are sharing this. You're getting this out to friends. If you can share this on social media, sometimes I just share an episode with a friend that I think really would resonate. Or when I pray through it, I think this is the exact message that this person needs to hear right now. And that is one of the best ways that you can support what we're doing is just to share it. Guys, keep listening to this podcast. We're going to continue to bring you some fresh voices. We have an awesome podcast schedule for this fall. You're going to hear about some of the topics you've heard about before, but some really exciting new ones as well. And remember, don't forget about our cohorts. Head on over to stayforth.com. And please, please, please go RSVP for the Healthy Leaders Summit at HealthyLeadersSummit.com. Jonathan, thanks for all you do. Thanks for coming on today. And I do have to say, you have really good taste in podcast guests. Nice work, man. 
Man, it was tough picking those five clips, but uh, I was glad to be here. I love everything we do for the podcast and it's Stay Forth. So we do believe that you can lead and live right side up in this upside down world and lead and live well for the long haul. I believe it. And with that, we will see you right back here next time on the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Shot, 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 sh